Podcast number 160. Uh, this episode, I've got Aaron Fennell back here with me, and we really never have a plan. Um, when we do one of these podcasts, they sort of work. So this is unlike any other podcast beforehand because we don't have a plan again. So Aaron, what's up, buddy? Not a lot. Not a lot. It was a uh, this weekend was one of them weekends where I didn't do a hell of a lot, and it's like kicked my ass. Yeah, those those weekends do kind of creep up on you when you don't do a lot, and you're just yeah. Kind of, and I'm just I'm just dragging like I built a fence all weekend or something. It's like what the hell? It's just your body saying, "Do something, son. Do something." Mm-hmm. I need to get after it. Stand by to get some. Yeah. There, <laughs> <laughs> so there's, you know, we. We kind of joke because we don't really have a plan when we start doing this. We have a bit of a plan, like we do talk about what we're gonna, what we are gonna talk about before we actually jump out there and do it. Do it, and we kind of kicked a few things around the day. But there's enough stuff going on out there that we can kind of pick something up and take off running. And since we are in the equipment business, uh, probably the best thing to start with is uh, just what what's going on right now in the, in the market. What, what do we see shaping things? And this. Uh, this harvest that we're having is uh, is dragging on. Uh, there's all kinds of issues now. We've got a propane issue now thrown out there that's going to have a dry down issue that we're going to start seeing. So, I guess Aaron, as you kind of talk to folks all over the country, what's the temperature of these of the of the end users you're talking to? Oh, all over the board, honestly. Yeah. Um, Last week, I talked to a ton of guys looking for equipment. Um, you know, I bet I talked to five guys. They're done a harvest, but they're doing, you know, some tillage work or what have you out in the field and want to hurry up and get that done before they come look at, you know, such and such tractor or this kind of deal and, and, then you got, you know, the other guy that's kind of in the same boat. And the the temperature for buying seems pretty good. Um, got a lot of action. And I get, you know, so many people that reach out to me wanting, you know, hey, can you find me this and have it be a deal? Because I know such and such has one, but it's too high and, all that kind of stuff. So there was a lot of that this week. Um, so there, there is, there is appetite out there. There is desire for sure. But everybody, you know, it's one of them deals where, Hey, find me this exact tractor. Oh, all right. Well, I have that exact tractor. Oh, okay, cool. If you have that in a month, let's talk about it. <laughs> and it's like, right. I really yeah. hope I don't have, no no offense, but I really hope I don't have that in a month. Um, so there's a lot of that. Everybody's busy, whether, you know, if they're 
they're done with harvest, they're doing field work or what have you. Um, a lot of guys still harvesting. A lot of corn across the country is wet still. You know, some guys, you know, where guys are set up with nice dryers and all that, you know, there's a big swath of that where they can't get propane. Other guys are, you know, just, they don't have a dryer and it's sitting wait. Um, so, you know, I know a few guys go out and kind of grab some here, grab some there, and just trying to find somewhere where they can roll for a whole day and that's not happening. And then there's other parts of the country where they're done and combines washed up and put away and 2019's in the bag. So right. it's kind of a equipment wise, I feel like there's there's good appetite out there. Everybody's just too busy to get too into it right now. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's you know, this has happened the last three or four years where we've had fairly either wet harvest or there was some some delay out there of some sort and it pushed uh, that that typical buying cycle into uh late december instead of all of november and all of december um you right. know, typically you know guys have have got their crop out and by at least mid-november they know where they're at right and they set back and yep. they're like you know what we still got x number of acres still to do but based on where we've been with these other fields we kind of know where we're going to be at or we're all the way done and we've talked to the accountant and we know we're we know exactly where we're at so now we're going to set back and go out and look at the internet and see if we can find some deals or take a look at that that machine on the on the on the dealership yard or whatever it is and man i don't know if we're going to have that this year man we might have that last i'm afraid we're going to get that like three week rush or two and a half week rush right there at the end and it's just going to be super tight and guys are going to be just not like there's a ton of cash floating out there anyway but some guys did market some stuff and they, they've got some they're delivering corn right now that's you know four dollars four dollars and ten cent four dollar and fifteen cent or i guess december corn anyway uh well they'll be delivering that so there's going to be some cash out there just hopefully we have what they're looking for you know what i mean Right. Yeah, it's going to be, I, I think you're right. I I feel like November is going to be a lot of talk and not a lot of action, and it's probably going to take till 10th or 15th of December before you really start getting into the hot and heavy action, and I, once it takes off, it'll be a forest fire. So Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right, and that, that's going to be, that's going to be there. You know, one thing we do talk about a ton on this thing is, is podcast or podcast. Well, we talk on a podcast a ton. We talk about combines a lot, and the auction market right now is is full of combines. Right? There's no there's no lack of combines out there, and it's 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 across the board. Right? There's no. I mean, obviously the the twelve through fourteens that we talk about are are the biggest segment of that marketplace, just because the sheer number of machines that are out there. But it's a I guess I, I would say there's a rep representative sample across the board, uh, whether it's a 12 or 14 or whether it's a, um, 
you know, there's some 18s out there. There's a fair number of 18 model combines out there for auction right now. Um, I guess what's your feel for that for that market? I mean, to me, it feels like that 12 through 14 model range just gets cheaper every time they have an auction. And it's not, it's like a steady decrease. It's just from what I've seen. You know, I can't sit here and say that I have watched every single auction, but as I go back over auction results, it just feels like those are getting cheaper by the dozen. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I would say so. I'm I'm actually surprised for every horror story you hear of like a 12, 670 bringing 60 grand on an auction, you hear of another one that brought like 115. Right. You know, so there's they're not all falling out of bed, rolling down the stairs and breaking their neck. Right. But there, but a lot of them are. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that, that's, you know, they're, they're, it, it is really soft and it, it, it does keep getting softer, but I, I feel like it's to, to use, to use a Casey term. I feel like it's kind of a soft bottom in the, in the eighties for you know like 12 six seventies right which are going to be the lowest out of that whole group just because there is a lot of them and they're going to bring less than an 80 so they're they're kind of the you know the the compacted dirt before you pour the cement type of deal yeah so and I and I think they're just kind of at where they're at, you know. I don't think they're gonna between now and the end of the year. I don't think they're gonna be in the sixties and seventies much at all. But they're not gonna be hundred thousand dollar combines either. So I think, and and I could be totally out of my mind, but I feel like they're just kind of at that soft bottom so to speak of mid 80s or so yeah yeah <clears throat> yeah they're kind of bouncing around all over the place you know like you said um for everyone that you see that that like you said that brings 60 grand you know there's another one out there that brings 40 or fifty thousand dollars more and there's really nothing different about them right um they're the same hours same specs one was at a consignment sale and one was at an estate sale or right. you know there's any number of reasons why it happened and so it's just surely you get two guys bidding against each other and, and both of them want it and then you get you get a you know you get a hundred fifteen thousand dollar combine yep that's the kind of stuff that <clears throat> that's the kind of stuff you got to pay attention to and then watch and then also kind of Really, that's why I think taking consideration of what of what the sell is when you're looking at results makes such a difference in what you're doing. You know, oh, absolutely. You know, if if it's a X Y Z farmer X Y Z is having a retirement sale, his stuff probably bring more than than the guy's stuff that's on a, the exact same thing on a consignment sale. And the only real reason anybody does that 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 brings is because you know we talked about it a million times on here, but it's that. Everybody has that uh, that story to tell. You know what I mean. And yep. if you have that story to tell, and you can back that story up with the piece of equipment, um, you're gonna make you're gonna get more out of it. And that's why I think those uh, 
that video of, of that customer talking about his machine is, is priceless when you start trying to remarket it. Yeah, yeah, I I would say so, and and yeah, I've lost my train of thought with that, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that it it does it does definitely hold some weight in the grand scheme of things for sure. Yeah, Man, I'm flipping through Twitter here, and there's all kinds of stuff they got over at Agritechnica that they're just rolling out left and right. That's, oh yeah, there's been a whole lot of hubbub all weekend about the X9 combine. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. There's going to be that's a big combine, class ten combine. Been interesting to see what they do with that machine. They roll it out. Right now, I'm looking at one. It's like an autonomous sprayer. You seen that one? Yeah, it's gone like four tracks, and it's like a thirty foot boom. <laughs> Quite, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't quite get what they're what they're doing here, but I haven't I, I've not seen that one before. There is always all kinds of wild shit at that deal. Oh yeah, yeah. There's no lack of stuff at that one. There's always stuff that rolls out there that you're you shake your head out. There's also got that new autonomous tractor that they had. Um. Looks like the, they just took the front of a 9RX off, and then they can right. uh, hook, yep. it, hook it to a, a tool in the back, which is a pretty cool concept. Yeah. Yeah, I think, as, as we know, we have the, the bed in place. I think we're a hell of a lot further away from that stuff being reality than, than you do. But I think that kind of machine is further away than than uh just a machine that is that is capable of being autonomous you know what i mean i.e like we have it now but like you can flip the switch and then you don't have to be in the cab like a smart ag deal or something like that right right yeah that that driverless tractor thing i mean i think all that stuff is further away than than people want to admit and i think the biggest reason for that is it's it's a whenever they figure out battery technology or there's a way that a machine can just operate 24/7 you know they can have solar panels on it like Tesla right now is doing some stuff with their cars where they're putting some kind of solar panel thing on the roof to help extend the drive time of those cars i think when you can do something like that where there's you know you don't have seed tenders and and fuel trucks and all those different things running around out there that are all dependent on on fuel and it's more battery operated then i think you'll see more mainstream but i think until then you'll have something like like dot i think that dot thing's probably closer to realization than widely accepted anyhow uh or that smart ag thing but both those companies just got bought by by different companies so i think dot got bought by was it raven right and no smart that was the smart ag smart ag okay but dot dot technologies got bought by somebody too who was it i want to say it was raven i can't remember that i thought it was raven maybe did raven buy both of them maybe let's see here dot technologies Dot and Tonos Farm Equipment. 
Who did I get bought by? God, I swear to God, I was raving. Was it Walmart? Walmart. I could see them doing something like that. They're going to hook it to their, <laughs> to their semis and drive it around. Right. Let's see what we got here. Yeah, Raven. Raven buys SmartAg Diesel Progress, Dot Technology Farm Equipment. Yeah, Raven Industries bought them both. Huh. So Raven is taking a uh, big step into the autonomous. They, I mean, they've talked about doing that for a long time. They've really been on on that bandwagon for quite some while, uh, banging that right. that uh, autonomous drum here. And uh, they bought the two biggest products out there right now, I guess, of which. But I do have a guy. When I go back to Wichita for Thanksgiving, I am going to interview a guy. Greenfield Technologies. So check this, guys. Listen, if you're listening to this right now, go Google Greenfield Technologies, and they have a pretty good deal. Uh, fellow was a uh, farm kid from Kansas. Decided he didn't want to take over the family farm. Went into uh, technology. Went over to out, out in California, went to Silicon Valley, and worked for a bunch of different companies, and came back to take over to help run his grandma's farm as she was getting older in age and what have you and came back home to take care of that and in the meantime had he like made this uh robot that goes out and picks weeds that's what it does so he's had, oh that thing okay yeah. I'm, yeah i've seen that on there so he's uh he doesn't use any chemicals when he's whatever he's, he had his he had his first successful soybean crop where he didn't use any chemicals and he deploys out like however many it's kind of a pretty small scale, but I think he said something like 15 or 20 of these machines. And then just go up and down the rows and pick out the weeds. So I'm kind of looking forward to that just to go see what it looks like and uh, see if we can't get a good look at what he's doing. But that's a, that'd be kind of a neat deal. Yeah, I, yeah, something like that would be. I, I can see. A need for something like that more so than just autonomous tractor. I would agree with that. I think we because should... go ahead. Because a couple different things. One, you know, you guys aren't driving farmall M's anymore. Okay, right. you're driving shit nicer than a lot of people have for cars. You're you're not steering it. You're watching the screens. You know, running some levers, that kind of thing. Right. And it's it's not, you know, yeah, twelve, you know, twelve hours in the tractor is twelve hours in the tractor. But it's a whole different ball game when you get to sit there and manage versus, you know, oh, the operation of driving it is out of the deal and that's one of the you know that's one of the fun things on the farms to go run the tractor you're not running a damn sweep auger in the bin or you know some other horribly shitty job you know so that's where that okay so that's why i think the autonomous tractor thing i'm not such a fan of now the robot thing where I see that being tremendous is 
the organic guys, you know, they're always trying to find some way to do the, you know, weed control, whether it's the, the flaming deal, the zappers, you know, there's, there's all kinds of different things out there. And even stuff like that is becoming more popular in conventional crops because of glyphosate resistance. Okay. Right. Yep. And, you know, the, you're not going to be a 10,000 acre farmer and have a, you know, 200 by 300 <laughs> shed full of robot weeders. Right. You know, but, but on, on some scale, I think those are a huge deal. Just like, um, Horsch, they came out with a, you know, it's 2019 and they, came out with a new row crop cultivator. Right. You know, that has a lot of technology to it. Yeah. So I I think there first of all, I think there's a huge need for it. And because of that, I can see something like that taking off more so than autonomous tractor. Now to what level, you know, the grand scheme of things, I don't know how much right just like the you know the spray stuff like that what is it blue creek or whatever blue river blue river yeah the kind of like sea and spray deal yep you know i i see that being a big thing moving forward as far as you know what i would call unnecessary technologies in the world yeah (laughs) right (laughs) but you know, so that's where, you know, I guess I myself, as a kid, spent a lot of summers walking up and down rows, chopping weeds out. I was a roguing world champion pre-Roundup. So that's where that's where that robot weeder is kind of near and dear to my heart. Like, oh, yeah, go out in them beans and get rid of all the cultivars. Go for it. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't. I didn't have that. I didn't have that same that same thing growing up. Just just the neighbors lawn that I mowed. You you didn't miss much. That's good. So I was worried there for a second. Right. There's a. I want to see a picture of this stupid thing. See if you can see it. Cause I've seen them, but I can't. I don't ever see them. You know what I mean? Like, I've seen the the robot weed picker but I I want to see what they, I haven't seen what theirs looks like but yeah <clears throat> there is a uh, there's a strong amount of kind of uh, push towards the more robotic side of this you know it's kind of taking a turn you know what I mean like the autonomous thing is there but it feels like there's a, a bigger push towards the the robot, which I guess an autonomous tractor more or less is a robot. I guess you would classify that as a robot, but the idea that somehow you're going to have a uh, you know a, a machine out in a field that just does a single job, you know, right? Like you're going to go out and pick right. weeds, or you're going to go out and do this, or you're going to go out and do that, or this machine goes out and sprays sugarcane aphids. You know what I mean? And that's what they do. Um, it'll be 
or you have a machine that goes out and does that and it detects whatever it needs to and then it deploys more machines out in the field based on what it sees you know as it look as it looks around you know stuff like that that's just going to be that's going to be kind of the future of this deal here but the other thing that that's kind of made some news here of late so they've they've kind of they've redefined hemp right so now you can get crop insurance, you can get federal loans, and so on and so forth. You can't. The big hindrance between hemp now was the transport between state lines. And if I understand this all correctly, next week I got a guest coming on that's going to explain this better to me, so I can I can understand it. Kristen Nichols from Hemp News Daily is going to be on to talk about um, the new stuff going on in the farm bill. But so the way I understand it, it sounds like that that hemp is is going to be just as widely accepted as corn or soybeans, I guess, by the USDA. So, um, right. That, you know, we've got a little bit of hemp in our area. And, you know, obviously the more further west you get into the, into Colorado, the more of that you get into. But I guess what's your thoughts on hemp? It really feels like kind of a gold rush mentality to me a little bit. I mean, there's, I think a lot of people jumping into it that don't understand what they're getting into. And then they wake up one morning going like, this is not as easy as I thought it was going to be. So it's a. Uh... Yeah, I think, I think there's a lot of that. And I think, you know, there's a lot of people in the ag community that don't think it's ever going to, it's, it's not the silver bullet, you know, it's not. It's not the, oh, we were really struggling with $3 corn and we went to hemp and now we're just financially salty as we can be. You know, it's not, it's not an overnight fix or a fix of any kind from what I hear. Now, there are some guys who just went batshit crazy with it and had hundreds, if not, you know, thousand, two thousand acres of the stuff. And I don't know how, you know, a deal like that would, would fare. I do know, you know, there's guys that have been doing it for the CBD production for a long time. Right. You know, not, not the weed side of it, but just, you know, actual hemp for CBD. And, and they've done really good. I've seen a couple different stories on those guys. It's no, you know, just insane cash cow, but it is a money making crop to help overall farm revenue. The problem that I, that I remember both of them saying, and I think that's still where we're at nationwide is the processing of it. You know, both of those guys ended up building their own processing equipment or buying their own to, you know, basically like if I'm going to do this, I'm going to have to go finish product by myself in order to make this work. So I don't, and I, and I don't know, it seems like there's, my biggest struggle that I have that I seem to have with it is why it seems like if you have 10 guys growing it, they're doing 10 different things. Exactly. And 
and and like the harvest of it they're doing it 10 different ways well this guy's got a stripper head on a combine this guy's got a stripper head on a chopper this guy's windrowing it bailing it and tub graining this guy is just combining it you know it's like why they're all after the same thing and why is there so damn many different methods to it yep I guess that's that's my struggle with it. You know, it's not like well, we got the seal to Milo. You can use an all crop head or a you know cutter bar with Milo fingers, and that's your options. But you're doing the same thing with it. The other side of that too is you got ten guys doing ten different things, and all ten of them aren't sure if it's going to work. Right. You know, right. I mean? exactly. <clears throat> and that, that's, exactly. I mean, we had those guys come in, and they got a new idea every about every two weeks. You talk to him, it seems like about every month you talk to somebody, and they come in. They got this, they got this idea they're going to do, and you know, one 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 year they're going to do it under pivot. Next year they're going to do it with subsurface drip, and then they're going to plant it into plastic, and then this is going to do that. And the other thing, and, and next thing you know, it's just the weed pressure that they get. No pun intended. Yeah. It's the, you know, <laughs> nice one. <laughs> that pressure they get, man. It's just like it's like nonstop. It's just one right after another. And I think that's where a lot of these guys that jump into it that don't have a farming background, that they don't understand what it means to be a a, a large scale farmer. That's what they don't get is the, how fast right. the weeds come on and how how easy they are to get out to get just completely out of control and and how quick that can happen i mean we've all had yeah. like i plant my garden every year and i swear that i'm going to have it all nice and neat and pretty and you know i go out there one day and it's fine and then i go back out there a week later and it looks like i haven't weeded one thing ever and it right just, <clears throat> and you end up spending and then you get when those weeds go to seed then holy crap you got a big problem you know and you yep. just you can't <clears throat> you can't hardly get ahead of it and you end up having, I'm pretty sure I got tomatoes in here somewhere, you know, and that's, <laughs> right. you know what I mean? So that's, that's kind of what you're, I mean, you, you've watched, you've been out to see those, those, those things before, haven't you? Have you been out and seen those fields down South in, in Colorado? Oh, yeah. And what they're doing? I mean, you got one guy who's just pushing like a, a freaking lawnmower in between the rows. You got one guy that's doing like a, <clears throat> Like a rototiller thing between the row. I mean, it's just, and they're all just trying something different to see what works. And yep, you know, you know, and I know that some of that stuff is just like you're never going to get. I don't know. It's just, but the minute that you have a real guy, uh, where where hemp, I think, in the United States is going to really take off and grow and be very successful is going to be the places that already have the infrastructure to do that, which would be. The tobacco states that grow tobacco hot heavy because they're going to have a very similar kind of approach to what they're doing you know what i mean they already kind of have the the facilities to some extent you know already in place they have the infrastructure in the in, in there and the guys that have been growing tobacco are going to understand how to grow a similar crop you know what i mean so i think it's going to yeah. be obviously you're going to see like kentucky and tennessee and the carolinas and and that you know those kind of states are all going to take off and grow Virginia, you know, those places like that. You're going to see them take off and, and really see a, a big boost in what they do as far as hemp production goes. Yep. 
And how cool would it be to get CBD in your Copenhagen? Badass. That'd be perfect. So maybe you get your cope, plus you get like the the joint relief and stuff from the CBD. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Sign yeah. me up. I think it's it just sounds like a win win. Well, I don't know why they don't don't make straight up hemp chew. You know they got mint chew. Make some hemp chew. There you go. We might have just discovered something. I bet. There. I, bet I bet it would be <laughs> just as yummy as that mm. awful awful mint chew too. Isn't that stuff gross, dude? It's the worst. <laughs> Back when I chewed, I tried some of that one time. I was like, this is how I'm going to quit chewing. And I, yep. all, all I did was quit chewing mint. <laughs> that's all I did. <laughs> but it was, yeah. that stuff is like, it's like hard, sticky, just nastiness. There's nothing good about it. It, it didn't, didn't even taste good. No. No, that's accurate. That's one thing I do miss. It's a good old, good old two-finger dipper. Skull, but there you go. Gave it up. Gave it up, man. Good deal. Well, we've kind of been all over the place here. We started out talking about what's going on in the auction market, too, autonomous tractors. So I feel like we've kind of covered the gamut on this one here. We even talked about chewing tobacco. So, I mean, I don't know what else else we could cover here. So, I guess before we, uh, get too carried away off on some other tangent what uh anything else you want to talk about before we shut it down anything else on your mind not that i can think of man right on right on man i guess well if if folks are out there looking for a laren fennel or a smoking hot deal on a tractor what's the best way to find that well pretty active on the on the twitter verse at aaron fintail on there or uh, call me, text me, 308-760-1193. Right on, man. And you can find the Moving Iron Podcast on just about any platform where you can find podcasts. You can also hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Not so much Facebook anymore. Kind of fading that one out. But definitely on the Twitter and, and the on the gram, as my, as my son calls it, um, at Moving Iron LLC. <laughs> and... Uh, so if you're looking for any any information about the Moving Iron Podcast, check out movingironllc.com. You can find all the latest Moving Iron blog posts as well as uh, the latest edition of the Moving Iron Podcast. Also check out Global Ag Network. That's where you can find my uh, my podcast here, Moving Iron Podcast, as well as uh, Brent Carlson's uh, Dry Lane Farmer Podcast as well. Check that out on the Wednesday show. He, uh, he co-hosts that with me where we just kind of talk about whatever's in the news at the time. We've covered everything from sexy mr rogers all the way through a uh, sustainable thanksgiving so i kind of give you an idea what we've talked about there and uh <laughs> so until next time uh this is casey seymour and aaron fennel out Moving iron in the 21st century